former WWE star, the genius Lanny Popo, has passed away at the age of 68. The news was passed along via the social media accounts for Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Duggan tweeted with a very, very heavy heart. I've been asked to let everyone everyone know about the passing of our friend and colleague Lanny Popo, the genius. Rest in peace, Lanny. According to WrestlingNews.co, there's no word on the cause of death. Lanny was the brother of Macho Man Randy Savage. He had a great career in his own right. He wrestled alongside his brother for ICW, the promotion owned by their late father, Angela Pofo. Lanny also wrestled as Leaping Lanny Pofo in the World Wrestling Federation, but fans will most remember him for his run in the late 80s alongside Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning, in their feud with Hulk Hogan. In recent years, Lanny has been traveling abroad and spent most of his time in Ecuador. Our condolences to Lanny's friends and family. At this time, I want to play the 10 bell salute, not only for Lanny Puffo, but for Jay Briscoe, who we lost earlier last week in a car accident. So chat, if you will, join me in this momentarily respectful moment of silence for the fallen wrestlers. Welcome back, viewers, podcasters, and streamers of all ages. I wasn't planning on an episode tonight. Instead, I was going to come on and hang out with the chat. But the news of Lanny Pofo happened. And I didn't mention anything last week about Jay Briscoe or the match his brother had against like Jay Leto in memory of Jay on AEW. Mark Briscoe killed it. So what better way than to post it with this episode as well? I did, however, mention it on the vlog. If you are new here, welcome. I run a podcast called From Under the Apron. Link is in my bio up top. Just click on the name. Please feel free to follow the blog to keep up with recent stories smash that favorite button to be notified of when i go live next and listen or support the podcast on all streaming audio devices of your choosing trust me i'm on all of them uh, the podcast is once again called from under the apron just remember to add the word from you are not obligated to but in the words of one 
Matthew McConaughey's character would have sent Dates and Confused. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Ha <laughs> AEW wants in on the streaming service war in the United States. Whether their own OTT platform or licensing their streaming rights to a streaming service. Something WWE did not did for big bucks with Peacock. Bloomberg has an article with AEW president Tony Khan about AEW detailing the promotion's history that started in 2019 and being the first true competitor that WWE has had in the U.S. since WCW. The following was written in the article. Quote, In March, Khan acquired a small but respected pro wrestling company, Ring of Honor, from Sinclair Broadcast Group, Inc., for an undisclosed sum, adding a new crop of wrestlers, some intellectual property, and an extensive video library. AEW is also considering starting a streaming service, likely through a deal with its broadcast partner, Warner Brothers Discovery, Inc. According to a person familiar with management thinking who asked not to be named, last year, AEW broke $100 million in annual revenue for the first time, the person says, end quote. AEW is all over the place. It has a TV deal with WBD for Dynamite on TBS and Rampage on TNT while their streaming shows AEW Dark and AEW Dark Dilevation air on YouTube. AEW pay-per-view events air on Bleacher Report. The plan is for ROH to air its weekly TV on Honor Club, but the premiere date has not been announced. I'll have the link to the article in the show notes. 2K Games today released a new gameplay trailer for the upcoming WWE 2K23 video game. The trailer shows the first look at the WWE video game debut of War Games, which will pit 3 versus 3 and 4 versus 4 single player or multiplayer modes. The iconic match has two rings next to each other with a cage surrounding them for a battle to between two teams. The trailer also gives fans a look at John Cena, The Rock, Bianca Belair, Logan Paul, The Undertaker, Rhea Ripley, Bobby Lashley, and more. Cena will be on the cover of the game. There will be standard deluxe and icon editions. Fans can now pre-order WWE 2K23 and begin playing the game three days early on March 14th. Miniature Dancer 51 in the chat says she's excited for that. Whoop, whoop. That was a long whoop. All right. WWE owner Vince McMahon's in the news. Again, this week, this man doesn't know how to get out of it, apparently. The number of law firms investigating WWE continues to increase as another firm, Bronstein, Gerwitz, and Grossman LLC, is considering bringing a class action lawsuit against WWE following the recent scandal. Back in July of 2022, Vince had to step down due to a story that broke on the Wall Street Journal that this man has been doing to Hamilton and not saying no to this by play, paying a woman to sleep with him as well as making her sign an NDA 
You all like that Hamilton reference I did there? You all get it? Yeah? Cool. If not, I'm sorry. Go watch Hamilton. This is your chance to go watch Hamilton. Several law firms announced they were looking into potentially filing lawsuits against Vincent McMahon when the hush money scandal first broke last summer. Bernstein, Gerwitz, and Grossman announced today that they are investigating WWE for violations of the security laws on behalf of WWE investors. The investigation is focused on whether WWE and or company's officers and directors violated the security laws of breached or breached their fiduciary duties in connection with the above alleged misconduct. That is a lot of big words for me, even for me. But I did it anyway. Fiduciary. I gotta. I love the way I said that word. As previously noted on WrestlingNews.co, Detroit Police and Fire Retirement System filed a lawsuit against McMahon and being voted back onto the WWE Board of Directors to become the board's executive chairman last month. Their lawsuit is to block McMahon from regaining control and selling WWE. More news. Also, Scott. Hey, fellows, a WWE shareholder filed a lawsuit against McMahon in Delaware's Chancery Court in January because he believes McMahon has illegally installed himself as chairman. During today's fourth quarter earnings call, Nick Khan was asked if Vince McMahon would step down uh, if the future owner of the company did not want Vince on board. Khan said that Vince would step down in that situation. So that clears that up. Something that has been speculated on over since word got out that Vince was back to help sell the company. At this point, there's no word on who the favorite is to buy WWE. As long as it's not Saudi Arabia. That's what um, Twitter and fans want. And we don't know who other than rumors that suitors would be interested in keeping Vince in charge. What if Tony, Tony, what if Tony Khan buys it? Nobody wants Vince in charge. Comcast Endeavor, the Comcast Endeavor, the Saudi Arabian government, and Disney. Oh my God, Disney's on here too. Have been rumored, and Tony Khan has indicated that he and his father, Shad Khan would be interested in talks to buy the company and merge it with AEW. Imagine that. Another note during the investor call from Nick Khan was in regard to monetizing areas around the ring. Vince McMahon has been against this in the past, but Nick Khan said this is something they're looking into. WWE closed out in 2022 with $1.3 billion in net revenue. They also are setting view record viewership numbers on Peacock. You're listening to Mama Murdered a Podcast. I'm your host, A.B. Mama Murdered a Podcast is a podcast where me, the mama, will be killing it on the podcast. We're taking a deep dive into things that are hard to talk about and even harder to believe that these things actually happen in the world that we live in. This entire podcast will be a trigger warning. I'll be talking about triggering topics while I dive headfirst into a lot of the cases that I'll be covering. New episodes will be released every week on Wednesdays because... Well, because nobody likes Mondays and because Fridays are for day drinking and barbecues. 
Some of the case topics will be murder, of course, serial killers like Dennis Rader, the BTK killer, missing persons cases like five-year-old Summer Wells who vanished from her own yard in broad daylight in the middle of June in Tennessee in 2021, and especially the ones where it kind of seems like they just vanished into thin air, like Brian Schaefer. He walked into a bar, but he never walked out. He's still never been seen again. I'll also be covering cold cases and lesser-known cases. Join me every Wednesday to talk about all things tragic, murder, and things that happen in the down right ugliest sides of society if you like what you hear and you want to support the podcast you can rate me on spotify you can also leave a review and rating on apple podcast you can follow me on twitter and instagram at murdered underscore mama all of these things are free and they only take about a second to do and it really does help grow the podcast if you have any case suggestions please send them my way you can send them to the email address mama murdered a podcast at gmail.com Welcome back, podcasting geeks. Don't worry, the show's almost halfway over. Just sit back, relax, and light up a candle from Dark Fate Creations and just... Huh? Wait, what? You don't have a Dark Fate Creations candle? What do you mean you don't? I'm, I've only mentioned it for about 20 episodes. Alright, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to darkfatecreations.com. All one word. Fine, I'll have the link in the show notes. And you're going to buy yourself a unique Cottonwick candle. Just go check it out for yourself. I'll wait. And while I'm waiting and you're clicking on the site and browsing, pick up the vibrant, colorful, marble tops, mouth freaking watering fragrances. It makes me want to do that rock sniff that he does all the time. They're fueled by lovely braided cotton wicks. They are paper threads woven into every cotton wick for a clean, romantic, slow, and consistent burn. Are you deciding? Each candle is unique from the next because they are hand mixed and hand poured in good old Grass Valley, California. They use only coconut and soy wax for a safer, cleaner, and almost 72 hours burn time. That's like three days worth of binge time on whatever podcast you're listening to or TV show you're watching. And not only do they care about the look, but also the quality and fragrance of the candles and the effects it has in your homes. So check them out. Buy a few this holiday season. Buy them for birthdays. Buy them for wedding gifts. Or just buy them for yourself. You deserve that. But let me know which one you picked up. Once again, that's darkfakecreations.com. Link will be in the show notes. Meng, King Tonga, King Haku, Badass Mother. Other one known by his real name, Tonga Uli Uli Ipifida, has wrestled for WWE and New Japan Pro Wrestling. His name is so recognizable that it's also the place of the island he grew up in. From the island kingdom of Tonga, went to Tonga College where he played rugby, and at the age of 16, he was part of a group of six teenagers sent by King of Tonga to Japan to study sumo. His legacy and reputation precede him. You all heard of Chuck Norris stories? Well, here, wrestling stories. There are Mang Haku stories that would make Chuck Norris seem like fake stories. 
Many former wrestlers have shared countless of stories throughout the years since the 80s to even today. Last year, on an episode of Young Rock, we saw him take a bite out of a guy's nose because he got in his face and called wrestling fake. You don't do that. You don't ever do that. If you ever come across a wrestler that you thought was badass and you asked him who would win in a fight, him or Mang, chances are he will look over his shoulder first to see if he's even there. And if that's not enough, you already brought out the evil spirit by just the mention of his name. So you will no doubt say that Mang is more badass than him. Guaranteed. So let's take a deep dive into the story, the urban legends, that is Meng. On March 3rd, 1989, Haku got into an altercation with some men at a Baltimore airport bar who called wrestling fake. You don't do that. I told you not to do that. And during the fight, Haku bit off the nose of one of the men. Haku stated, yeah, if it, it was in Baltimore airport. Me and Siva Afi, who used to be in WWF from 1986 to 1988 and was billed as Superfly Afi, the cousin of Jimmy Snuka, went over there where lots of baby faces there at the bar. So we went and sat in the other corner away from them because gotta keep K-Fave alive. When they were ready to close, we had a few drinks and our way out of there where five guys just sitting there. Of course, the same thing came out. The fake stuff. Hey, are you guys with those guys wrestlers? The fake wrestlers on TV? You know I said. Yeah, I'll show you. Wrestling is fake. Ugh. Don't ever say that. You don't ever call wrestling fake, okay? Ever. So he reached over without thinking. There are four other guys there. They laughed. He grabbed his face and bit his nose off. Then the fight started. He says me and Siva kind of cleaned house there and left. I'll never forget it. Kevin Sullivan told a story to WWE Classics about the time when he and Aku went to a tavern to grab a few beers before heading to their hotel, according to Sullivan. It was obvious that he and Meng weren't locals, so when they walked into the bar, a guy playing pool insult insulted Meng. The next thing I know is that Meng gozzles the guy like Mr. Spock, Sullivan said. It was fast and furious. He then grabbed another guy who tried to get involved and knocked him unconscious. After that, things got even crazier. Meng bit through the guy's shirt like a wolf, bit a chunk of the guy's back, then spit it on the floor, he said. I said, it's time to go. <laughs> Sullivan said that as they drove from the bar, he saw police cars pulling into the parking lot, but authorities didn't pursue them and no charges were ever filed. Perry Saturn, after being asked who would win in a fight between the Barbarian, Meng, Scott Norton, Jim Duggan, Fit Finley, Scott Steiner, Rick Steiner, and himself. Perry Saturn said, Meng, nobody else would stand a chance. Not even a question. He would, could, he could kill 
everyone without blinking, and there's nothing anyone could do about it. Eric quote, Meng was never fired from Dajili because no one was brave enough to do it on one particular day. Greg Gagne and I walked into the locker room and interrupted a conversation between Meng and Chris Candido, Chris Jericho, and Tammy Sitch. Meng immediately looked at the pair of us and said, Hey, I apologize to my friends. I'm talking to them. The entire room went silent and everyone just froze. It was then that I realized the stories about Meng weren't just legends. Ganya and I apologized to them and waited for the conversation to finish before speaking with Meng. Legendary, I tell you, legendary. That is man, it's a legend. That man, you talk to that man with respect. I don't care who you are. You could be the president of the United States. You fucking respect that man. President of the United States, Meng. Pecking order. Meng is top of the President of the United States. Kevin Sullivan, on one occasion, when I was a booker in WCW, I asked Meng to do something that wasn't major, but it wasn't completely the right thing to do. Meng got a little upset, and it was the most scared I've ever been in my entire life. Despite Meng not being that angry, I've also used Mang to my advantage when I had to inform a few guys that they would be losing an upcoming match when the wrestlers became upset and told me they refused to do the job. I told them that instead of arguing, I would just go get Mang and have him take care of the situation. The guys immediately agreed to lose their matches if I promised not to go get Mang. Kevin Sullivan was a wrestler, booker in WWE, and they traveled together quite often when they were on the road. He told a story to WWE Classics when the duo went to a tavern to grab a few beers before heading to their hotel. According to Sullivan, it was obvious that they weren't locals. So they walked. when they walked into the bar, a guy playing pool called Meng a horrible, derogatory word. The next thing I know is that Meng gossles the guy like Mr. Spock, Sullivan said. It was fast and furious. He then grabbed another guy who tried to get involved and knocked him unconscious. After that, things got even crazier. Uh, according to Ann Anderson and Arn and according to Arn Anderson, quote, if he chose to be, this man would be a world champion by now and would have no contenders. Uh, this next story, I found this on Reddit from a post possibly 10, 11 years ago. Two posts, actually, because the one comment after this made me laugh, and I had to include it. Terry, Clan Terry Glenn from Reddit said, Who was it who said that Vince McMahon told DX to retreat if they sent out Mang during the WCW invasion skit? I feel like it was either Bradshaw or Holly, but I can't remember. Regardless, that speaks volumes about his reputation. The comment right after this was Kiel297. He says, oh God, now that is something I would have loved to have seen on television. DX invading WCW, walking through the hallways, and then they stop, frozen. The camera zooms in, and Meng is standing at the end of the hall. You hear... Shit, bail from Triple H 
and they all start scrambling back to the tank while Mang gives chase. That's on Raw. On Nitro, Bischoff hears that DX are invading and changes the plan to get a camera backstage. Cam commentary are going wild, wondering what's going on. Camera backstage shows Mang being ordered out there. He opens the door and the WWE camera zooms in on Triple H's dumbstruck face before he shouts, Shit! Bail! And they scramble away while Mang gives chase. Invasion angle? Why you no do this? Alright, one last story and then I'm out. Finally, words from the man himself. He did an interview with WWE Old School, WWFOldSchool.com on July 1st, 2018. And he said, on him being regarded as the toughest pro wrestler, my thing is that I am not the toughest. I was just trying to make a name for myself in the business. Coming in from a third world country, the family is waiting. The island is waiting because we were sent to Japan to represent the country, so the spirit is still there. So when you represent the country with the way we live in the sumo world, you are a samurai. And we came to the United States. My goodness, the language. You are trying to run and think about your family and your country, and you try to represent them well, and you try to send money to the family. Those were the biggest things for me. It's not that I am the toughest, but because I am a protector, a protector of my family, of my country. I had a samurai mentality, a third world mentality, who always looked back and never forgot where he came from. It wasn't because I wanted to be the toughest, but things happened, and I am sorry that they happened. End quote on why he used to get into so many bar fights. Quote, some people that I beat up, but that was how it was in those days. Some town guys had a few drinks and they think they can beat you up, but they had no idea. But you know, pro wrestlers were the toughest people in that time of the 80s. You always protected the business. You were always taught to protect the business. But look at how it is now. He laughs. There was a time for everything. Things changed from how they were in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s to how things are today. We can't control it. It's just part of life and the journey that we have in life. End quote. What was your favorite Meng moment or match of all time? Tell me in the blogs. Tell me on here. Answer the question. Send me an email from under the apron at gmail.com and I will read it live to you on air and answer it. Alright, that's going to do it for this episode. Before I go, I want to give a major shout out to the following people. They've been sending their support by becoming fans of the show. So I'm sending them a very special shout out to them. Uh, one of them was Moon Goddess. The other one was Miniature Dancer 51, thank you for the gifts. You guys are amazing. And now you're on my podcast forever. <laughs> thank you for the support tonight, listening and watching the show live. You can find us on all other social or audio streaming platforms at our link tree at linktree.com forward slash from under the apron. 
It has the link to our blog, our Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, socials, plus our good pod, Spotify, and iTunes accounts where you can listen to us as well as leave us a comment or a five-star review, which helps us be discovered by other fans of wrestling and podcast. Once again, that's from Under the Apron. As well as the 20 other music and podcast streaming services. Check out the show notes for links to other podcast trailers that you heard on this episode. Send us a message of your favorite wrestling stories, questions, comments, ratings, or requests by email. It is from underdheapbrand at gmail.com. And I will do my best to get to them and answer accordingly. Thank you for listening, joining the live, staying, the gifts, the hearts, and being a huge part of this community. Tell your friends. Let them know. Join us next time for more stories, movies, and TV show reviews, as well as wrestling-related stories when we come to you from Under the Apron. It's still real to us, damn it. <laughs> <laughs>